What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, Transfer- transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one armed madman. And from the badlands of southern Montana, we've got Nolan5150. Oops, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I was supposed to fade out instead of hard stop. But you know what? Shit happens around here. That's why uh, we're too hard for the radio. Straight raw dog. What's happening, Nolan? Uh, yeah, I'm not fucking around. Well, you know, I got good news. Uh, went to the eye doctor oh. today, so gonna be able to read soon. <laughs> oh, really? Did he tell you how fucking terrible your eyes are? I mean, he didn't make it sound like they were too bad. I guess, the you know, he did the retina shit, and he said everything looks good. Um, I guess I'm farsighted and uh, got astigmatism. And he said the reason I've been able to limp along so f- for so long, uh, I guess they're kind of like canceling each other out or some shit. I don't know. But Don't let that asshole sell you on LASIK. Oh fuck! That's no. a fucking scam. Yeah, no way. That's a fucking scam. They what they don't tell you is you can only get it once, and it wears off in just a few years. So if you get it when you're like forty five, by the time you're fifty five or sixty, you can't see again, and you're not seeing again for the rest of your life. And there's a chance they're gonna fuck your vision up. Yeah. So does it get does it get worse then? Like it gets worse, and you can't, I've heard you can't even. I've like heard get it can glasses. get worse. Yeah, I've heard it can get worse. I heard it goes back. Like, sometimes it goes back to being just what it was. And at that point, you're like, you get a little glimpse of what it's supposed to be. And then it just goes. I don't know. Like, I haven't, I don't know anybody who's, like, been extremely happy with it. I think my great-grandmother got it right before she died. So she was cool with it. Like, she got to go to Alaska with good vision right before she died. That's the way to do it for now, So, like, that's that's the way you do it. You know? You don't fucking... Get it when you're 45. You can wear fucking contacts. I would never wear contacts. That just seems like a a disgusting fucking process. Especially for me, the doctor was talking about that, and I was like, well, I think since I've never done shit, I, I've never worn eyeglasses or contacts, whatever. I was like, I'll just start with some glasses and go from there. But I was thinking, because I'm a mechanic, so my hands are fucking filthy all the goddamn time. You think I want to be sticking my fingers in my eyeballs? Uh, yeah, I just can't imagine they would be comfortable. I mean, it's something. Whenever I got something stuck in my eye, it just drives me to the fucking moon. I just can't stand it. I, I just, I mean, dude, teeth are the fucking worst. Dentures are the fucking worst. I can't even imagine what uh, contacts are like. <laughs> So I guess doctors have trouble with uh, all the balls, like they can't get a solid vasectomy or, or like, uh, I guess it's like uh Lasix, like a uh, tit job. They gotta be, they gotta be redone or no, you said it can't be redone, huh? No, nah, it just goes Fuck. fucked again. And sometimes like, it doesn't work all the time. Like there's fucking risks to everything. When I got my spinal cord stimulator, they're like, oh yeah. You're going to be fine. It's just this little thing in your back. You won't feel it. We run the cord up. Don't worry. You know, this is a, a couple hours in the, in the OR. Not a big deal. You go home the next day. Like three weeks later, because they told me not to move around, I was finally like, all right, I'm going to stretch. And I go down and I touch my toes. 
And when I come back up, pop in my back. And my back has been fucked ever since this day. And me, see, this is where the story gets really fucked up. They didn't want to give me meds for years. So I'm just suffering without fucking pain meds. And there, I had a doctor tell me one time, the pain meds don't take the pain away. They just make you not care about the pain. And we don't want that. And I'm like, yes, what's this? We don't want that. Like, I want that. Speak like, that's yourself. exactly what I want. Yeah. Sign me up for that. So, like, they put me through this spot. They, like, run me down the line. They put every medication known to fucking man into me. None of it works. So they go, well, now you got to get the spinal cord stimulator. And it's like, all right, I get the fucking thing. It fucks me up. And they fuck it up. So, like, when the thing lays energy down onto your spinal cord, it can go, like, to either side. And they put the thing in there, and all the energy goes down into my right hand. I'm like, what the fuck? So the goddamn thing, I have to have it cranked up to, like, 30. And these things are usually supposed to go to, like, 8 is, like, the top. I'm up at, like, 30. Every time I sit down, I've got energy just shooting through my right hand. They still, like, they gave me pain meds at this point. I've got a doctor that's kind of like, well, we'll give them to you until we figure the spinal cord stimulator out. So then they uh, they go, oh, well, you know, we must have made a mistake. And now we got to do another spinal cord stimulator. And me being a dumbass, I go, all right, well, you know, what's the risks like on this? And they go, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's all the same fucking spiel as before. Yeah. And I go, well, what about my back? And they, like, refuse to even acknowledge that my back has an issue. Like, still to this day, they're just like, they just don't even want to acknowledge that something happened because of what they did. And, uh, you know, they, oh, we just take this little bone out of your neck. I should have right then and there just would have went, you know what, I'm going to find a different doctor because this is fucking crazy. But me being a dumbass and being in a ton of pain all the time, I go back and have the next one done. And now my neck is just fucked for life. I, you know, every day sitting in this chair doing work, it just cranks. I'm so glad I got this fucking hot tub. Every night I get out there and I just lay down and I, oh, this is the best. And then I rub one out. Wait, wait, wait. Which hand do you use? <laughs> well, I, I can't exactly have this one in the fucking hot tub with me, Nolan. <laughs> that would be a That would be a serious fuck. How did you break your hand? Well, I was jerking off in the hot tub, and I didn't know that this thing wasn't waterproof. I mean, if you're going to sell me something, at least tell me where I can and can't jerk off with it. This should be standard. This should be, like, right on the label. Uh, All right. Well, should we get into the news? We got a lot of news today. Yeah, yeah. Actually, before we get into the news... You know, if, if for people who turned into their, our last solo episode, I was I gave Nolan a little bit of shit for thinking life like a leftist. I called him Sean Hannity, and he got a little he got a little upset after the show, and he was letting me have it and just really talking crazy like things I'd never heard him say before. So I kind of just snuck over and hit the record button, and uh, <laughs> let's let's see what 
what Nolan's really like in private. Now I'm starting to see that a lot of them are actually just adult bullies. And the saddest part is that they were either bullied as children or they were the bullies and then they never grew out of it. And, you know, I understand freedom of speech and opinions, but when someone writes that I'm a child predator solely based on the fact that I'm a trans woman, well, that, that's just bullying. Or um, even worse, in my opinion, are like the articles written about me using he pronouns and calling me a man over and over again. And I, I feel like that should be illegal. Of course I, I don't it know. should. That's, that's just bad journalism. Bad. And that was me. That was me. That's why the episode didn't end up on YouTube. And I, I'm sorry, Nolan. I didn't really think that this was going to get under your skin so heavily. <laughs> uh, Do you have any defense of your actions here? <laughs> no. no uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, just it's uh, it's hard sometimes to um, think uh, <laughs> think freely. <laughs> I just feel really I just feel really bullied right now. <laughs> That's the most insane video. These fucking people. And you know, the crazy part is, it's like, these are going to be the people in power yeah. at some point in the very, very near future. And it's wild, like, how far off from... You, they live in a world where they literally, like, how could somebody possibly be allowed to do that? There's just no sense of reality in that, like, hey... Other people have lives. They don't give a fuck about you. In fact, they can't stand you. And that's why America's favorite beer brand is now in the fucking garbage. And you would think that, like, I don't know if this fucking chick, chick went to college. <laughs> but you would at least think that they learned a bit about what free speech is. I understand free speech and everything, but I think this should be illegal. Yeah. Well, then you don't understand free speech and everything. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I've been I've been watching uh, a lot of those um you ever watch the cop videos on uh YouTube where it's, you know, people getting pulled over and refusing to uh like give up their ID and stuff like that. It blows my mind how much the government just tries to you know, steamroll over our constitutional rights. And it's sad because nobody really knows their actual rights. And, you know, it, like you said, free speech, it's pretty plain and simple, just like the right to bear arms. And there shouldn't... You know, what's actually crazy, too, is... So, I know some somebody very close to me works for the Idaho Supreme Court. And about a year ago, they were telling me that they brought in this group of fucking leftists to come to teach them how to argue down and like basically silence somebody who walks into the Supreme court with a constitution in their pocket. <laughs> so it was like, here's the constitution. Here's what they're going to tell you about the constitution. And here's the fucking sleazy lawyer fucking garbage that you're supposed to tell them to turn them around and walk them out the fucking building. 
And that's in Idaho. Yeah. I can't imagine. In fucking Idaho. Yeah. I uh I meant to send you an article. We'll we'll have to like look get into it uh next episode or something, but there's a apparently a transgender uh senator, Montana senator or something and I've been hearing blips about like some riots. Oh some yeah, I I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Just a psychopath. Yeah. How did somebody like that get voted in in Montana? I don't know. It's that, just fucking crazy. That's what I tell like, people. Like that just shows you <clears throat> that shows you how powerful a college town is because exactly. I guarantee That's you exactly what it that is. that fucking senator or whatever the fuck they are um, is a fucking like their uh God what is it called their fucking area is in a college is in a college district. That's what I'm thinking. College yeah. district. Yep. You know. And that's Sometimes that's I what don't have it. that's what I tell people, man. Like you know, most people think of Montana and they think it's just a bunch of redneck hillbillies uh, running around shooting guns. And I'm like, it's really, it's really the definition of a purple state because there's overall the state population is so low. But then it's like you said, the two like major college towns are um, solidly blue for the most part. And then there's yeah. the rest and of here's, the area. And here's what people don't really understand, too. I was getting in so many fucking arguments with my friends from San Francisco during COVID because they were just out of their fucking minds. Well, you live out in the middle of nowhere with fucking cows and shit. And it's like, yeah, I have cows next to my house. But like, if I were to pluck you out of your fucking city, out of San Francisco, and set you in a car on Highway 84 driving through the Inland Empire... And I removed every license plate and every advertisement. You would not know if you're in Idaho or Santa Rosa. Yep. During this time, you know, like summertime, not in the winter. Yep. You could probably figure it out then. <laughs> but it's, you know, the same thing here. We would be all for greater Idaho if it wasn't for fucking Boise. And uh, so, even though you've got psychopaths in your Senate. You guys did just pass a bill uh, banning gender-affirming care for minors. So that's a good step. And they're really flipping out. And I think that's why this fucking psychopath that you're talking about was really flipping out because they really just are out of control on the trans thing. I mean, it's fucking crazy. And uh, with that, let's go to the W and the WNBA. Uh, Brittany, I'm uh, Bill Roden from ESPN Anscape, and it's really great to see you. It's good to know the prayers have been answered. Great. Uh, You're so question, great. Um, you've always represented so much throughout your entire career. You're so great. Access and, you know, being able to do stuff. And I hate to put one more thing on your plate. Oh, because you just there, there are, are so great. You don't need it. are aggressively yeah. moving to prevent transgender athletes oh. playing. And I was wondering, again, I hate to put one more thing on your plate, but in terms of your on your radar, where is that? Um, you're going to have a tremendous platform, but where is that going to be on your radar in terms of advocating for um, you know, Oops. athletes, all athletes, transgender athletes, to be able to play? Oh, I mean, well, sir, I think that this should be illegal and they should all be thrown in jail. I'm a woman. It's ma'am. That, that ranks high on the on the list of, of things that I'll be fighting for and speaking up against. You know, everyone has everyone deserves the right to play. Everyone deserves the right to 
to come here, sit in these seats and feel safe and not feel um, like there's a threat or they can't be who they are or um, like, like it's just all eyes on them. Uh, so um, I think it's a crime, honestly, to, to separate um, someone for any reason. Um, so I definitely will be speaking up against against those that legislation and those laws that are trying to be passed for sure. They don't want all eyes on them. If you don't want all eyes on you, maybe shut the fuck up right? and stop demanding everybody bow down to your fucking worldview. Yeah. Stop demanding all the attention. They don't, it's you did you see the South Park episode where it was um the prince and his black wife or we want privacy. We want privacy and they're going around with I their fucking signs. That, yeah. Privacy, privacy, <laughs> yeah. privacy, privacy. It's fucking crazy. They're they they don't have to feel unsafe at a at a WNBA game. Yeah, because there's fucking what? Uh, the new KKK. Oh, is out at WNBA games looking for fucking trannies to hang at halftime. Well, I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? Nobody goes to your fucking games anyway. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. How many, how many people are in attendance besides the players and the coaches and shit? There's what? Five people in the stands. Was that? It's fucking crazy. Was that the chick that got uh, got arrested in Russia? Yeah, the chick. Yeah, the chick. OK, and, and, and you. And you definitely cannot see an Adam's apple moving up and down while she is talking. Yep. (sighs) And there are definitely not pictures of her on the internet with a dick. (laughs) So don't go look those up. That's an evil, evil AI trick (laughs) that you should not fall for. I don't want that on my search history. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, where's this other video that I have with the people that are going to save us? Man, if I'm here we go. I'm just gonna have to go to the well and find it on here we go. We do have people that are going to save us, and here's one of them. You to a public debate to defend your comments attacking us as racist. In the very first paragraph of our website at nationalstraightprecoalition.org. We say we're there to defend all races and colors. You pulled out Caucasian. You didn't have any ramifications after it, which we put in our, in, our, in our manifesto, per se. You attacked us as racism. You pulled the race card to pull in attacks against us, to justify attacks against us in that park. And when they come, you're going to turn right around and say, well, we deserved it. We haven't done anything. We're a totally peaceful racist group. This fucking guy. That's the best. We we say we're here to defend all God. That was the video of the day for (laughs) sure. My one of my tenants showed me that earlier. (laughs) At least everybody fucking started laughing like you're supposed to, instead of like screaming him down like he was some fucking. Well, he is kind of a crazy lunatic, but. 
I think the people in the in the back screaming down are probably a, a little bit crazier. <laughs> well, what else do we got here? So, as we know, all of this is coming out of the universities. And like I've been saying, look at this fucking WNBA player and their values. The women's sports issue is not a war worth fighting. <laughs> Give it up. Yeah. We don't want kids going to these schools. I think you've come around to my position on this. This is if you need any more convincing than the evidence that we've given so far in the show. We're going to read a little bit from an essay that I had to peer review this week about ancient Greece. So this is what they're teaching your kids in school. And let me add, this is a hard class. This is one of the harder classes in the school. So this person had to make it through supposedly difficult classes just in order to get to this class. Here's the essay. History is what is taught about events that have happened in the past. The Greek world takes place in the past and is needed to be examined. Plays were written about things that had happened because it was an interesting thing at the time. Riveting. Just fucking riveting. And you know what I thought of? As soon as I fucking read this, something went off in my head. So... I think it's very important, <laughs> as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present, and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. Jesus. History is what is taught about events that happened in the past. This, this woman, this, this girl who wrote this, she's going to be president someday. Fuck yeah, she is. <laughs> she's I mean, you may think this is garbage, but she's going to be president someday. Uh, and in fact, this may be a little bit more coherent than what we just heard from our vice president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. What do you, that, that she's on drugs, yeah. <laughs> not the good kind. She's on drugs, benzos. It's got to be benzos. She's just fucking looped, man. Have you ever taken a lot of benzos and just been fucking looped, and then you wake up the next day and you're just like, holy shit, I just fucking talked to somebody that I can't stand. For like a half an hour last night, just fucking slapping, chainsawing somebody's fucking ear off. <laughs> Can't say that I have had that experience. Oh, you are missing out, my friend, because <laughs> it is a fun experience. All right. Let's hear a little bit more from this essay. Throughout history, there is always something new to be learned or thought or thought. There is always information that can be hidden within text that can be found the more is studied. Research is important to understand the ways this culture changed how its perspective or how it's perceived today. Most don't see fate as much as it was prevalent 
within the Greek world. Fate can be changed over time. It's all about the consequences in which the person believes will happen if they don't accept it. Those are words to live by. Do you, are you getting like uh, some juvenile chat GBT vibes? You think she just phoned it in? No, I thought that at first, but dude, I've I've I did I told Chat GPT to write my my uh, paper was about relating Plato's Cave to the Matrix. Have you ever heard the story of Plato's Cave? I don't think so. Well, let me tell you the story of Plato's Cave. Plato wrote in the Republic, which is essentially a, his blueprint for a perfect society. And in the Republic, he has the cave, the analogy of the cave. And um, it's a fictional conversation between Socrates, who was widely considered to be one of the smartest men of all time, even though we don't have any of his direct writings, but like everything directed about Socrates leads it to like him being the fucking man in Greece. So Socrates is waxing some fucking poetic shit onto Glucon, who is uh, Pluto's brother. And he says, imagine a cave where prisoners are tied up for their entire lives. Behind them is a fire. Between them and the fire are people who are walking back and forth with sticks holding up different random carved objects. For those people, the entirety of reality is shadows on the cave. Nothing but shadows on the cave. But you let one of these guys loose. He goes out of the cave. He sees sunlight for the first time. His eyes burn. He is frightened. He's got anxiety because he's never seen anything like this before. His world is darkness and shadows. Nothing but darkness and shadows. So he finally accumulate, you know, gets used to the world around him. And he has to go back. And he has to go back in and tell everybody what he's seen. And once you go back in, what happens? Your eyes go to shit again. And you can't see. Maybe you're in more pain. Maybe you walk into something and bump your head and you're bleeding. So you get to your buddies who've been, you know, these are your these are your people that you've lived with your entire lives. And you tell them, this world is a fantasy. Reality is something that I can't even explain. And you tell them the story and you tell them about your eyes hurting and you tell them about bumping your head on the way back in and they go, you're fucking crazy. You have no idea what you're talking about. Not only are you crazy, but you're stupid because look at now you're in pain. <laughs> yeah. And does that, does that remind you of anything in uh, contemporary society? Uh, well, you said you had to compare it to the Matrix. That definitely... Oh, I already told yeah. you. Damn it. I was going to make you guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the plot of the Matrix. Yeah. It's 100% the plot of the Matrix. And I had ChatGPT write an, uh, an essay on that. And it was pretty good. I, I mean, it wasn't nearly as good as mine. But it was pretty way better than this piece of shit. <laughs> and I really laid into this fucking cunt. I, I was pissed because I was up late. I had to go. This was like the third one I'd done. It's like 1 a.m. And I spent a lot of time on this shit. My essay's fucking good. Yeah. I took it into the, the writing center today, and they're like, this is good. We're learning shit from this. This is fun to do. And 
you know, I, I start reading this and then I have to fucking correct. Like I have to do notes. So I have to add a comment every time something's fucked up and every sentence is fucked. It's all just <laughs> word salad, Kamala Harris, gobbledygook with no research done. And I was fucking pissed. So I just laid into her. I was like, this essay is bad. It's got a long way to go. It's unresearched. It's poorly written. Seems like you threw it all together with a bunch of word salad just so you could get four pages to turn in. Yeah. You got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and then yeah. about 20 minutes later, I went, uh-oh, I've gotten in trouble quite a few times for saying shit like this throughout the time I've been in school. Let me see if I can delete it. Oh, no, can't delete it. <laughs> so I had to do a uh, a quick CYA email and send her out an email being like, hey, I'm sorry, this was a really hard essay. No, it wasn't. I wrote it in four hours. But, you know, I got to I gotta cover my ass a little bit here. So we'll see if I get fucking reamed for that one. But, you know, it was just, this is what it was. Today is today. And yesterday was today yesterday. Tomorrow will be today tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today as it is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Dude, that chick sounds high <laughs> as balls. I have to confess that was AI. Oh. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, but the fact that, like, yeah. the fact that, like, now that you think back, like, the slurring was pretty bad yeah. and everything. But the fact that you like react the way you do doesn't say much about the AI to me. It says more about how fucking insane this woman is. Right. <laughs> and like this fucking, at one point when I was reading that essay, I go, this has to be an ESL student. Like yeah. this, like English has to be their second language. There is no fucking way. This is, an English speaking person. And I go and I look at the name and it's like Cynthia Butler. It's like, Oh great. <laughs> Fucking white girl. And then once you start reading in and, and white girl language, it starts to sound a little bit more like what she was going for. <laughs> and these are our future leaders, you know, yeah. elites of the future. <laughs> that's one of, that's one of the in interesting things I heard, uh, with the whole Tucker stuff was, uh, putting out a bunch of uh, AI-generated um, bullshit clips, trying to just run a smear yeah. campaign. Yeah, and I think basically everything that got put out about him made him look better. That's that's what I heard. And, that's uh, what I heard the scam was. They're going to, like, say that it's true on the ones that came out, and then, I don't know, then they're going to, like, hit, put out some really bad ones. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's got to have some serious, like, restraint to be looking at these and just be going, those motherfuckers, I've got so much shit. But if I don't keep my mouth shut, it's going to cost me millions and millions of dollars. I don't know that we'll ever get the full story on why he got fired. I doubt it. Uh, we can't even get the uh, fucking Epstein client list, so... <laughs> Oh, I mean, who's that? I, I mean, at this point, do do we even know who that is? I mean, I kind of remember a guy that 
got killed in a cell. If you was his name Epstein, huh? I don't know. Whatever. Let's go to Elon Musk. Singularity. It's you know it's a singularity like a black hole because yeah. you, you don't know what happens after that. It's hard to predict. So, so I think we should be cautious with uh, AI, um, and we should. I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects the. It, it's a danger to the public, and so when you when you have he things that so are much. dangerous to the public, uh, you know, like let's say, um, so food, food and drugs. That's why we have the Food and Drug Administration right. and the oh, and uh, they did so great Federal Aviation Administration, uh, the FCC. Uh, we have we have these agencies to oversee things that uh, affect the public, where there could be public harm, um, and you don't want companies cutting corners hmm. uh, on safety. Um, that would be horrible. And then having people suffer as a result. So uh, that, that's why I've actually for a long time been a strong advocate of uh, AI uh, regulation. That's funny because I've been following Elon for a while and I can't remember him ever saying anything about fucking AI regulation. Can you? Nope. <clears throat> nope. I've watched him on fucking Rogan and I've heard him complain about AI and say we need to merge with it so it doesn't beat us and all this other crap. I don't ever remember him talking about regulations. I think this is kind of convenient that, uh, you know... When the next episode comes out, and this will be, well, I guess this will be before. Yeah, so when the next episode comes out, we're going to go over this shit a little bit. But it just seems like he's trying to buy himself some time. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody else put out something that people like, and he's losing his ass on Twitter. Yep. I think uh, it's, you know, I, it, I, I wonder if it has anything to do with the Neuralink. Maybe they're maybe they're maybe. not letting him, uh, you know, do do the kind of. He probably wants to fucking slap that shit in some humans, Did, haven't they already? Not yet. I mean, not on the record. <laughs> uh, this is something I asked a guy about when he was on. I asked, "Is are there some elites out there that have some sort of brain computer interface, or like in his book, he had um, the guy had a uh, bone conducting." micro or headphone sewn into into the side of his neck and i do we have are there people out there that already have this that are able to you know maybe have a producer behind them that can feed them information through this thing you know i i don't know it seems like something that would be very fucking useful for a politician yeah uh, or it's uh, you know definitely useful in uh, military Conditions, uh, spy operations. I, uh, I, yep. I would almost, I, I would definitely bet that they already have that kind of shit in the works, or no, I yep. mean, in operation. Yep. I. And how about like a, a F twenty two Raptor pilot? Yep. Think about being able to communicate with your fucking airplane quicker than being able to use the stick. Or I mean, the helmets that they have with those HUDs on them, they're like $800,000 a pop. Imagine being able to communicate with that thing. Hey, I need to see a satellite image of this area over here. And then all of a sudden, boom, you've got a 
an overlay of the satellite image in your fucking, I need to be able to control this drone. So then over in another screen, you've got a drone feed where you're, you're able to use a joystick or your mind to just steer this thing right over in. And maybe you can do it from the comfort of a fucking office <laughs> while there's a, a, a drone, you know, with a drone that's connected directly to your fucking brain yeah. through the internet, through, you know, networking or Bluetooth or whatever they're using for shit like that. I wouldn't be surprised if the military has a transhuman division that DARPA and the military that they have some sort of transhuman division that we don't know about. We're not going to know about for a really long time, but I would bet, man, there, there ain't many things that I would bet all my Bitcoin on. We'll get to one of them later in the show, but I think, I think I'd bet all my Bitcoin that the that the military and DARPA have got some fucking super soldiers that can do some shit that would really blow our mind. Even for somebody like me who reads a ton of science fiction, I bet they are able to do some shit that we're like, whoa, we didn't know that was possible. You know what I mean? Because it kind of always works out that way. Science fiction gets close, but they don't ever nail it completely. So yeah, I think... I think they've definitely got some crazy shit. But, you know, at least Elon Musk, he cares about people. Oh, so yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was his main, you know, that was his main deal. He was scared that people were going to get hurt. So it's a good thing that he's in charge over there at Tesla. Let's check in with that video of a, the moment that a Tesla in self-driving mode started breaking unexpectedly uh -oh. on the Bay Bridge, causing eight cars to pile up. Yeah, it was a mess. Crown Force Amanda Harry has a look at the video and reaction to it from a technology specialist. New video of a dramatic crash on the Bay Bridge. A Tesla believed to be on autopilot started breaking, causing an eight car pileup on Thanksgiving. Whoopsies. You can see in the video from on California Highway Patrol That's that great. traffic was moving well just after 1230 in the afternoon. Honey, I'm drunk. <laughs> Let's put the Tesla on autopilot for a while. Then a white Tesla put on its left blinker moves into the left lane and stops, causing the car behind it to crash into it, followed by six more cars. One vehicle even gets pushed up against the wall of the bridge. According to CHP, the driver of the Tesla was in full self-driving mode. One industry expert says he wasn't surprised by what happened. Of course Figured not. that most likely it was something related to phantom braking, which is a very common problem phantom with Teslas. Uh, National <laughs> Highway Traffic Safety Administration has been investigating phantom, uh, phantom braking incidents on Teslas for quite some time. Um, and as, as it turns out, when we saw the video the other day, that looks like exactly what happened. Sam Abu Al Samad is a principal e-mobility analyst with Guidehouse Insights. He explains e why Tesla may phantom break. The way they use the camera sensors on the Tesla vehicles, uh, they don't have radar or any other type of active sensor that can accurately detect measurement. And sometimes the the cameras will misperceive what they see, and they'll they'll think that it'll the camera system will think it's seeing something that's not there and react to that and slam on the brakes. Nine people were treated for minor injuries, including one child who was hospitalized. So much. The National Highway Traffic Safety child. Administration is investigating the crash. I bet you Elon showed up at their, at their hospital room with like a big bag full of money. Just saying, <sighs> hey, you know, my fucking 
car. They don't ever do this. You you can put it on again. Christmas time, put that motherfucker on self-drive. Yep. As of now, CHP says it can't confirm if the full self-driving system was active at the time of the incident. Wait a minute. It can't confirm that it was on full cell driving mode. It was on the middle. It was in the middle of the Bay Bridge. It put its blinker on and came to a complete stop. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and they I'm should, pretty sure. Go. They they should have. Uh, they should be able to get the data off of, you know, whatever onboard computer or some shit on that. They, they should be able to download every single thing really? that's going on. You really think Elon's going to make that data easy to come oh, by? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a pain in the ass to get. You're going to have to get specialists and all kinds of, you know, I don't know. Let's finish this bitch But off. it does say in the report that the drivers should still have their hands on the wheel and have manual control of their car. A message I was getting echoed the blow by Abul Samet. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Don't use self-driving uh, because it's not self-driving. It is not actually capable Stuff of that safely turkey driving on the itself. Grandma's house. Uh, it is at best uh, a sophisticated driver assistance system. Amanda Harry, Cron 4 News. There's always the story of the, of the like, I don't remember where where it is, but there was a, fucking show that I watched where some guy comes back from war and his wife gets killed in the car with his best friend and she bites his cock off and they have to yank it out of her mouth. What the f <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Elon Musk. <laughs> I care so much about, uh, you know, we have to make sure everybody is safe. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the AI is just going to take over the world. I can't get a car to drive straight on a bridge, but this this chatbot is going to take over the fucking world. Fuck you, man. I don't believe you. And this motherfucker is just straight up controlled opposition. All of those regulation agencies that he's talking about right now can end him with a swoop of a pen. They go, you know what? We don't like SpaceX anymore. We think NASA should be the premier rocket launching industry in the world. We're just going to make it impossible for you to do business. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he'll go to China and succeed there. But they can make his life very fucking difficult whenever they want. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of fucking play going on here where the regulators are coming to him being like, hey, we need to get our hands in on this AI. We got to get money coming in. We've got lobbyists over here telling us that we need to be bringing this up and that up. And we there's money to be made here. And we need you to go out and say that this thing is dangerous. That's kind of what I think is going on. Who's telling him that or or maybe just putting some pressure on him? Who knows? But I there you can't tell me that this fucking guy who can't get a car to drive straight is actually scared of this fucking chatbot, which I don't think is much smarter than my predictive keyboard. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think it would be a little bit Scary for sure if Eli came out just fully backing AI, considering that, you know, he's on on the forefront of all this technology bullshit anyway. If he came out fully supporting it, I'd be like, hmm. But like you're saying, it's probably, it's a play. He's coming out, like, hesitantly, so the public will be like, oh, wait a second, maybe he's not a robot. 
yeah, he needs to incorporate it with Twitter somehow. You know, who knows how he's going to, but he's got some fucking plan to make money off this fucking thing. All these people are licking their fucking chops because they know that there's money to be made. We're going to do a, we're going to do an episode here, hopefully next week, depending on if you watch that or listen to that podcast or not about nuclear energy and how regulations destroyed the entire industry from within, not from external forces from within. That's an important fucking thing. We'll go over that next week. I've got um another while we're on the subject of Chat GPT. I have another video. But I think we need to get into the mood a little bit for it. You ready? <laughs> Global temperatures are on the rise. The world is heating up. Ask anyone in Asia braving this heat wave right now. But guess who else is feeling hot? Chat GPT, the open AI chatbot. And to cope with the heat, it likes staying hydrated. So Chat GPT is guzzling water. Apparently, every 20 to 50 questions, it needs a bottle of water. And while getting trained, it consumes some 700,000 liters of water. Sure, hydration is great, but this is worrying. Are global water challenges worth having Chad GPT do our English homework? Here's a report. OpenAI's chatbot was launched in November last year. It's called Chad GPT. You've probably heard of it. Well, unless you're Patrick, you know, the SpongeBob cartoon character who lived under a rock. But jokes aside, Chad GPT has been the talk of the town. It has soared in popularity. It can answer questions with near accuracy. It can write poems for you, do your math homework, and even write code. Over a hundred million people use it every month. I need to email all all, a link to that stupid waves. fucking woman who wrote that water, paper. Chad GPT is now under scrutiny <laughs> for having too much of it. Yes, you heard that right. A new study is out. I'll bet Chad GPT drinks Bud Light. It says that Chad GPT that. has oh, been guzzling absolutely. down water and lots of it. For every 20 to 50 questions, it needs a bottle of water. That's yeah. 500 ml. And may we add, it's fresh, clean water. Yes, it's not been recycled or repurposed. Yeah. And sure, 500 ml doesn't seem like much, but it adds up. Remember, ChatGPT has millions of users. Think about the number of questions, the number of recipe suggestions, and holiday homework answers. So just imagine how much water it's been drinking, and how it's increasing its water footprint. This is an environmental indicator, a lot like a carbon footprint. It measures the volume of fresh water used. But we'll get to more of that later. First, the golden question. How do AI chatbots use water? Just to make it clear, chatbots don't directly drink the water. Oh, it's really? by their data centers. <laughs> the water helps them generate electricity. I didn't... Wow! the racks of servers. Crazy! Hey, if ChatGBT has a mouth, it has an asshole, right? Across the world. They're high-functioning <laughs> machines, and they need to be cooled down regularly so they can maintain optimal need performance. To turn that and the more complex the chatbot, the more water it needs. Like GPT-3, it's more advanced, and <laughs> so it's also thirstier. While training GPT <laughs> alone, about 7,000 liters of water were used. But there's no publicly available data. Even this research we're talking about is not peer-reviewed. It's been shared ahead of its publication. Because there's very little research on the environmental impact of AI. 
Experts say that AI models have a water footprint. It's massive, but it's been under the radar. Remember when Bitcoin was stuck in this messy puddle too? Oh. Millions of so-called data miners are gaga over cyber currencies. They use it to extract wealth. But little do they know, this comes at a high price. Because it takes water to generate each unit. They played Every out single my transaction burns electricity. <laughs> enough for an entire household for a week. And this is highly problematic. Artificial <laughs> intelligence may get away with this. But these problems have real-world consequences. The water crisis is gruesome. One in ten people lack access to safe water. One in four don't have access to basic sanitation. And about one million people die from it each year. Well, shut a child off their is energy. Dying every two minutes. Ew. So this they, is serious. We gotta and companies starve need to their energy. Their role in it. They need to take social responsibility and make data more transparent. Water challenges are growing, but so is collective action. There's more global scrutiny, so companies can't stay under the radar anymore. It's no longer right. going to float their boat. And Very interesting that uh, anytime Bitcoin goes on a run mm -hmm. people start screaming about the environment oh my god the environment the environment but as soon as chat gpt hits not a soul yep. i had to go to india news to get that you can't find that on msnbc or cnn yep. why do you think that is nolan uh, probably because we have plenty of water and they're just trying to make it sound like we're in a drought and water's scarce to keep people afraid but that wouldn't fit the narrative of pushing AI and chat GBT. No, these people, I think these fucking godless heathens want an, want an AI overlord. I think they want a god. Oh. I think that they don't give a shit that this thing drinks water like a fucking whale. I, I, I think that they are so enamored with the idea of a digital overlord, a god, that an actual god, unlike this fucking fake man in the sky who is forsaken us all you know i i really think that these fucking people just don't give a shit and another reason that you're going to get it with bitcoin is because the dollar is supreme yeah you can't have people knowing that their dollars aren't worth anything that's fucking against the narrative you can't go against the worth i mean bitcoin ugh what's that Big us for those Trump supporters. Bitcoin bad. Dollar good. Dollar good. Are you Bitcoined up yet, Nolan? No, not yet. You got to get your Bitcoin in. All right. Another thing I'd bet all my Bitcoin on, Eli Tomac's career is over. He fucking tore his Achilles tenon on Saturday night racing. He was in the lead, overjumped a triple a little bit, and you could just see his foot crank Ugh. and done like dinner. I've, I've known people that have torn their ACL or I mean their Achilles. He's fucking done. And it, dude, it's the same shit that I've been saying. These bikes are too fast. The tracks are too fucking crazy. And people, now we got too many fucking races. They're just more and more races. Ken Roxon's not doing outdoor this year. He says, fuck it. I'm going world supercross. It's easier. I'm, you know, I'm so fed up with this shit. The end of, uh, at the end of the main on Saturday, three factory riders finished. Hmm. Three. We're at round 16 of 17. We're not even into outdoors yet. And three factory riders are healthy. You think we've got an issue? Yeah, a little bit. 
It's fucking crazy. It, I mean, nobody wants to talk about like, and it's wild too. Like I was in the chat on a fucking show on a live show a couple weeks ago and I was talking this shit. Like I, you know, the same thing and people are talk, calling me, Be, stop being a pussy man. up, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, motherfuckers, you've never, you've either never thrown a leg over or you suck mm -hmm. and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I mean, if, if anybody's been through it, I've been fucking through it. I know what it means to man up. And this is stupid. The tracks are fucking destroyed by the end of the main event. It's just a nightmare. I, I don't even, like, look forward to it like I used to. Yeah. It's not competitive. Like, I was watching old 125 races the other day. Dude, they're fucking bad. I was watching some Ryan Hughes and, and Mike Brown battles from back in the day. And dude, you blew a corner on a 125 and you had to get back on your horse. Otherwise you were losing seconds. I mean, now these bikes are so fast and they're so easy to just get back on it that it's taken like, I should, it's hard to say it's taken a lot of the skill out of it because these guys are insane. They're more skillful than they've ever been, but it's taken like the requirement for bike skills, like has gone way fucking down. I mean, who's the king of uh, of the small bikes? Bubba. Bubba Stewart. And why was he the fucking king? Because he had better bike skills than anybody in history. He could scrub. He could get low in corners. He was fucking so goddamn fast. They were... they. Uh, this is so crazy how things changed so fast. They had an Instagram pull up during the race, and they asked, who's the the best bike, uh, mini bike rider, uh, or best like uh, 250 rider of all time. And it was like 80% of the people said Jet Lawrence. And it's like, did you not watch Bubba? <laughs> like, holy shit, he was fucking insane. He was so much better than everybody. The last year that he rode, he rode on a 125 while everybody else was on 250s just to keep it interesting. <laughs> and he smoked everybody. He didn't get any starts. He smoked everyone. It was beautiful. All right. I got one more video for us. I, I sent you this one. This is this KTM video. I got I got a clip from it. I uh, I told you to try and guess which part I was going to clip. We'll, we'll play the clip first, and you can tell me if you thought I was right and why I clipped it. KTM achieved its goal, and they did sell every one of the 520s that they made. And while KTM didn't win the bragging rights as the first four-stroke to win under the bright lights, their gamble paid off. They proved that European motorcycles are not gimmicks, and they should be taken seriously. They saw an opening and took it, and that is the bike that made the company we see today. It laid the foundation for turning KTM into the brand that we see, which is the most savage motorcycle company in existence, a company that is willing to continually take risks, to push boundaries, and to win at all costs. And they've been following that formula ever since. They've continued to build bikes that Japanese manufacturers won't. When four strokes took over motocross and supercross, Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, and Suzuki all but abandoned two-stroke dirt bikes. But KTM didn't. 
They kept developing those motorcycles, even adding fuel injection and electric start to them. They bought Husqvarna and Gas Gas, just like they did with Husaberg, and rebranded those. They went on to win the prestigious Dakar Rally 18 years in a row. And this has made them the kings of off-road. More than half of all off-road motorcycles that are sold in North America and the European Union are KTMs or one of their sister brands. And they're just not prevalent in the off-road segment. They compete in more forms of motorcycle racing than any other manufacturer. And they have won on almost every level of motorcycle racing imaginable, even in MotoGP. All this has led them to being one of the largest motorcycle brands in the world. And recently when they surpassed Yamaha in United States sales, I'm sure they took a little extra satisfaction in that. And all of this success can be traced back to the KTM 520. All of this started by filling a void that other manufacturers won't. Because every KTM motorcycle that's built is meant to serve one purpose, and that's to be pushed to the extreme. KTM is a statement brand that aligns itself with statement companies that do radical things. Because their thinking is if you want overbuilt, conservative, solid machines, you buy Japanese bikes. If you want radical, hardcore, over-the-top machinery, you buy KTM. Why did I clip that? That the two uh, the two big points that I I was gonna guess was the when all the Japanese manufacturers switched to four stroke and abandoned two stroke KTM kept producing two strokes and um, developing them and making them better and then um, the part of the that more than half of the off road bikes sold in uh, in Europe right. That's what it was. Were more than half mm-hmm. of them were KTM. Those were the two biggest points. Good points, but not why I clipped it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off by saying that everything that we've done on this subject, we've done with love. And this is this is just in, in, in case you know. I just like to, to preface <laughs> things every once in a while. I clipped this because two main things. They built bikes that Japs wouldn't, and they filled voids. And who have we been saying that needs to build bikes and fill voids? Harley Davidson. Yeah. These guys have got a business philosophy that is winning. They are going out, and they are... Did you hear what the guy called them? The most savage motorcycle company on the planet. Yes, that is what you want to be known as, a fucking savage. You want people. Chase Sexton is the champ this year. He's on a Honda, Team Honda, and he's leaving for KTM. He's one of the baddest dudes coming up. Back in the day, dude, he didn't leave fucking Honda. Ricky left Honda because he had issues with the bike, but Ricky's five, you know, four foot six. So <laughs> he might have issues with a lot of bikes, but, you know. Harley needs to be building bikes that the there's voids. We need an American manufactured dirt bike. Yeah. We need an American manufactured super bike. There is no American manufacturers in motocross, supercross, MotoGP, uh, off-road racing, Dakar Rally, Baja. I can go on and on and on. No United States motorcycle companies yeah. are competing in these. And Harley, 
I mean, look at what they did. They went out and bought bikes. They've got a platform that we want to build. We're going to go out and buy their fucking company. Yep. And what did I just say a couple weeks ago that Harley needed to do? They needed to go buy Suzuki. They needed to buy the Suzuki RMZ 450 and 250. And now you've got a platform. Now you can fucking build something. You can make something that even KTM, what we're going to say, hey, KTM's making these savage machines. But what we're doing is we're making a bike that is custom made. Every part on this is fucking prime time. You're not going to, unless you're a factory rider, you're not going to have to replace one part on this fucking bike. This thing is going to be the baddest, you know, the, the best looking Especially the best looking. Yeah. You know, imagine what they could do with a super bike. I mean, they had the platform, they had Buell, and they closed it down. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh um Buell is kinda trying to do all that. They they have they have a dirt bike, they have an adventure bike that I've seen. I don't think any of it's in production, right? It's all just um Experimental I don't right know, now, I man. I see pictures every once in a while, but I don't really know what the hell is going on with them. It, and I mean, I think they're independent of, of Harley at this point. Yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. I mean, Harley completely. That I'm going. And I mean, Harley finally is making an adventure bike. But I mean, yeah, come on. That's what I was going to say. It would be super. It would be super rad to see see Harley uh, put their Pan America in the Dakar or in any kind of you know. Any kind of adventure style race like that. See how it does. If I was the CEO at Harley, the first thing I would do would be to walk in. I would put on any given Sunday and I would say it is a crime against America that Steve McQueen is riding a Japanese bike. He always should have been on a Harley and this is a mistake that we need to rectify immediately. And it wouldn't just be in motocross. That would just be my point. This is the biggest, baddest motorcycle movie that was ever produced. And Steve McQueen, the fucking coolest motorcycle rider of all time, one of the coolest dudes to ever walk the face of the planet, was on a Japanese motorcycle. It's a it's a crime against America, Nolan. <laughs> So, a couple of months ago, on, let's see, it was on 3-3, so March 3rd, just two months ago, I said that I wouldn't be surprised if Harley was uh, out of business or bankrupt within the next 20 years. On that day, Harley-Davidson stock was $47. Let me read you the title of an article from seven days later. Harley-Davidson stock moving to top gear. Hold the stock. Here's another one. Harley-Davidson is being labeled like a bank stock. It could be an, uh, an opportunity. That was it when it was at $39. Now it's at $36. So, so far, I'm looking better than Barron's Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to call it a night. Nolan, it's been real. It's been fun. Yeah, not so real. Good night. <laughs>